Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman. I'm Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today we're Yuma Daf Pei Gimel, the eighth parak Yom Kippurim. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Mishnah Daf Pei Beis Amud Alf stated, In the case of a sick person, we feed him on the advice of experts. If there are no experts present, we feed him according to his own assessment until he says enough. The Gemara brings two opinions on this ruling, the more lenient one being that of Mar Bar Ravashi. He said, wherever the sick person says, I need to eat, even if there are a hundred experts who say he doesn't need to eat, we listen to him and feed him. For it says in the Pasuk, Lev Yodea Maras Nafsho, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. The Gemara questions this, since the Mishnah said that we feed him on his own assessment only if there are no experts, and answers that the Mishnah's ruling is in a case where the sick person says he does not need to eat, and the expert says that he does. In that case, we feed him on the advice of experts. But where he says that he does need to eat, the experts are disregarded, since Lev Yodei Maros Nafsho, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, Mishal Chazo Balmos Machinoso Afil Dvarim Tmeim Eno. One who is seized with bolmos, a life-threatening disease induced by hunger, we feed him even non-kosher foods until his vision is restored. The Gemara brings Malchokos to in a case where only tevel and truma are available to feed him. The Tanakhama holds that we feed him tevel, and Bentema says that we feed him truma. Bentema holds tevel chamur about truma chazil kohen. Tevel is more chamur because it's prohibited to all, whereas truma is fit for a kohen. The Tanakamo holds, Truma Chamura, Avol Tevel Efshele Tukune. Truma is more Chamura because it cannot be rendered fit for consumption, whereas Tevel can be rendered fit for consumption by separating the appropriate Trumas and Maisras. And point number three, the Mishnah say, Mishin Neshachel Kelv Shota Ein Machino Sol Machatzer Kavitshola. One who is bitten by a mad dog, we do not feed him from its liver lobe. Rashi explains that even though doctors use this treatment, it is not a valid enough cure for which the prohibition against eating non-kosher foods would be suspended. It was taught in a brisa, Chamishin Dvarim Nemru Shota, five things were said about a mad dog. Its mouth is open, its saliva drips, its ears droop, its tail rests on its legs, and it walks on the side of the road. Some say it also barks, but its voice is not heard. The Gemara asked how a dog becomes afflicted with this condition. Rama answered, Nashim Kashvanios Mesachachosbo. Female sorcerers play with the Rush explains that they amuse themselves by practicing their sorcery on the dog. Shmuel said, Ruach Rashor Allah, an evil spirit rests upon it. The nafkamina between the two opinions is whether to kill the dog with something that is thrown. Rashi explains that coin to Shmuel who holds that it's a ruach ra that rests upon the dog. One should not come near it to kill it with one's hands. Rather, one should kill it at a distance by throwing an arrow or knife at it. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah da Pei Beis Ahmed Alf stated, In the case of a sick person, we feed him on the advice of experts. If there are no experts present, we feed him according to his own assessment until he says enough. Now, the Gemara brings two opinions on this ruling, the more lenient being that of Marba Ravashi, who said, wherever the sick person says, I need to eat, even if there are a hundred experts who say he doesn't need to eat, we listen to him and feed him. For it says in the Pasuk, Lev Yodea Maras Nafsho, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. The Gemara questions this, since the Mishnah said that we feed him on his own assessment only if there are no experts, and answers that the Mishnah's ruling is in a case where the sick person says he does not need to eat, and the experts say that he does. In that case, we feed him on the advice of experts. But where he says that he does need to eat, the experts are disregarded since Lev Yodea Maras Nafsho, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, Misha chazo balmos one who is seized with bulmas, a life-threatening disease induced by hunger. We feed him even non-kosher foods until his vision is restored. The Gemara brings Malchokas to Naim in a case where only Tevel and Truma are available to feed him. The Tanakhama holds that we feed him Tevel, and Bentema says that we feed him Truma. Bentema holds Tevel Chamur about Truma Chazil Kohen. 
Tevel is more chamur because it's prohibited to all, whereas Truma is fit for a Kohen. The Tanakamo holds, Truma chamura about Tevel efshalosukune. Truma is more severe because it cannot be rendered fit for consumption, whereas Tevel can be rendered fit for consumption by separating the appropriate Trumas and Maisras. And point number three, the Mishnah stated, Mishnah in the Shalchu Kelv, Shote Ein Machinoso Machatzu Kavit one who is bitten by a mad dog, we do not feed him from its liver lobe. Rush explains that even though doctors use this treatment, it is not a valid enough cure for which the prohibition against eating non-kosher food would be suspended. It was taught in a brace that Chemish Devarim Nemru Bekelf Shotev. Five things were said about a mad dog. Its mouth is open, its saliva drips, its ears droop, its tail rests on its leg, and it walks on the side of the road. Some say it also barks, but its voice isn't heard. They were asked how a dog becomes afflicted with this condition. And Rob answered, Nashin Kashfaniyos Mesachachasbo. Female sorcerers play with it. Rush explains that they amuse themselves by practicing their sorcery on the dog. Shmuel said, Ruch Rush or Olav, an evil spirit rests upon it. The nafkamina between the two opinions is whether to kill the dog with something that is thrown. Rush explains that according to Shmuel, who holds that it's a Ruch Ra that rests upon the dog, one should not come near it to kill it with one's hands. Rather, one should kill it at a distance by throwing an arrow or knife at it. All right, so now we go to our simon da Gimel, and our standard simon is a pogo stick. A pogo stick. So here goes. The sick pogo stick champion who told a group of doctors he desperately needed to eat leaped towards two huge piles of Tevel and Truma and landed on a sorceress practicing magic on her mad dog instead. So once again, in slow motion. The sick pogo stick champion, pogo stick champion, that must be one duff, pay gimel. This sick pogo stick champion who told a group of doctors he desperately needed to eat, which reminds us of the sugi of went to feed a chola on Yom Kippur, and that Marba Ravashi was the more lenient opinion who said that wherever the sick person says, I need to eat, even if there are a hundred experts who say he doesn't need to eat, we listen to him and feed him. For it says in the Pasuk, Lev Yodei Amaras Nafshu, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. So the sick pogo stick champion who told a group of doctors he desperately needed to eat leaped towards two huge piles of Tevel and Truma, which reminds the Malchuks regarding one who is seized with bulmas, what one would feed him if he only had Tevel or Truma to choose from. Ben Tema says we feed him Truma because he holds Tevel's more chamer because it's prohibited to all, whereas Truma is fit for a Kohen. The town of Kamo holds we feed him Tevel because Truma is more chamer because it cannot be rendered fit for consumption, whereas Tevel can be rendered fit for consumption by separating the appropriate Trumas and Maisras. So the sick pogo stick champion who told the group of doctors he desperately needed to eat leaped towards two huge piles of Tevel and Truma and landed on a sorceress practicing magic on her mad dog instead. Which reminds us, the mission state of one who was bitten by a mad dog, we don't feed him from its liver lobe. Rush explains that even though doctors use this treatment, it's not a valid enough cure for which the prohibition against eating non-kosher food would be suspended. They were asked how the dog became afflicted with this condition. Rav says female sorcerers amuse themselves by practicing their sorcery on the dog. Shmuel said a ruach ra rests upon it. So once again, this sick pogo stick champion who told the group of doctors he desperately needed to eat leaped towards two huge piles of Tevel and Truma and landed on a sorceress practicing magic on her mad dog instead. All right, now it's time for a four-blot-bat chazara. Dafine test. So the similar Dafine test is an eight. A pen and we use a sofa using a quill. So here goes. This sofa who stuck a large date with a pit on the edge of his quill to put his mind at ease. Sofa with a quill. That must be on Dafine test. Eight. This sofa who stuck a large date with a pit on the edge of his quill to put his mind at ease, which reminds us, Rabbi said, named Rabbi Yehuda, that the large date mentioned in the Mishnah is larger than a kibetzah. 
And this unusual measure was established because it's been accepted by the Rabbanan that with this amount of food, one's mind is put at ease. But with less than this amount, one's mind is not at ease and he remains afflicted. So the sofer stuck a large date with a pit on the edge of his quill to put his mind at ease while eating two dates outside his sukkah, which reminds the more challenged Rabbah's assertion that a large date with its pit is larger than a kibetzah based on the Mishnah and sukkah, where there's no chiv to eat two dates in the sukkah, but a kibetzah must be eaten in the sukkah, implying a kibetzah is even larger than the size of two dates. Rabbi Yerman answered, saying two dates without their pits are not as large as a kibetzah, but one large date with its pit is larger than a kibetzah. And Rabbah said that the reason that eating two dates does not require sukkah is not because the meat of the dates is smaller than a kibetzah, but because they are fruit, and fruit eaten in any volume is considered a snack, which does not require sukkah. So the sofer stuck a large date with a pit on the edge of his quilt to put his mind at ease while eating two dates outside his sukkah, wrote the words Valchalt on the cover of a bencher in the shape of an egg. Which reminds Rav Z disagrees with Rav and says that the large date of which the Mishnah spoke is less than the equivalent of a kibetza. A proof is brought from a Mishnah Brachus where Rav Yudah says the words to teach that one must eat the amount that satisfies, which is a kibetza. If a kibetza satisfies, it certainly sets the mind at ease. So we conclude from here that a kosevis is smaller than kibetza, and while it sets the mind at ease, it doesn't satisfy. Daf pay. So the simmer daf pay is payday. Payday. So here goes. It was payday. Payday. That must be one daf pay. It was payday for the painter who sold his work, depicting a tummy egg, which reminds us that Rabbi Yabo learned that the shir for Tumas Ochlin is a kibetza from the Pasuk, Mikol Ochel Shur Yachel, from any food that is eaten, which implies Ochel Shata Ochel Babasach is a food that you can eat in a single swallow. And the Chalmin determined, Ein Beis Abli, Maxi Yosim, Beis that the throat cannot hold more than the volume of a hen's egg at one time. So, it was payday for the painter who sold his work depicting a tummy egg balanced on a giant's nose who had a massive cheek full of liquid, which reminds us that the shear for drinking is my lugma, which is relative shear to the size of a person, because a person's mind is only put at ease with the size of his own cheek full, whereas the shear of a kosevis for food is standard since one's mind is put at ease with it regardless of size, even for someone who's a giant like Og Melchabashan. So it was payday for the painter who sold his work depicting a tummy egg balanced on a giant's nose who had a massive cheek full of liquid, and was holding a book titled, How to Stop Overeating. Which reminds me, Shlokish said, that one who eats successfully in Yom Kippur is patr from cars. And Rashi explains that the Gemara is discussing a case where one who ate a filling meal immediately prior to the onset of Yom Kippur, while satiated to the point of revulsion, proceeded to eat on Yom Kippur night. Since the entire eating is in a gasa, he is patr. Daf payoff, so the Zimun Daf payoff is a grandpa. So here goes. The grandpa, grandpa, that must be more than Daf payoff. The grandpa who was always grumpy when he only ate a chetzi shira of food with a chetzi shira of drink, which reminds me of Chisit said the time of our mission, which stated Ha'och Vashosa Emut Starfin, is Rabbi Yeshua, who holds that when it comes to Tuma, if the degree of Tuma is the same but not their shear, the items are not mitzarf. Rav Nachman said our mission can also be according to the Rabban who hold that items with different shearim of Tuma do combine. In the case of Tuma, the halacha concept of Tuma in all its various degrees and measures is in the final analysis one and the same. But here, in the case of eating and drinking Yom Kippur, the liability is on account of putting the mind at ease, and the mind of one who ate and drank chetzi shiurim is not at ease. So the grandpa, who was always grumpy when he only ate a chetzi shira of food with a chetzi shira of drink, was ready to be most mechol al-kodesh, which reminds us that we reconcile the contradictory psukim of inisim esnav shosech and betisho al-kodesh, and you'll afflict yourselves on the ninth of the month with a pasuk be'erif in the evening, which implies that one begins fasting only from nightfall, that one begins fasting when it's still day of the ninth. From here we learn shemosif mechol al-kodesh, that we add from the weekday unto the holy, and we learn that we add from the weekday unto the holy upon its departure as well, 
from Erev ad Erev, from evening until evening. So the grandpa, who's always grumpy when he only ate a chetzi shira of food with a chetzi shira of drink, was ready to be Mosi Mokhal al Kodesh after eating like a king Erev Yom Kippur on the 9th. Which reminds us, Chiyabar Romadifti taught the Venisim Esnam Shosechim Betisha, and you shall fit yourselves on the 9th of the month. It's coming to tell you, If one eats and drinks on the 9th, the Torah treats him as if he had fasted on the 9th and the 10th. Daf Pei Beis, so the Simmer Daf Pei Beis is a pub. So here goes. The pregnant mother who was training her young children to fasten Yom Kippur was so overcome with a craving from the wafting smell of a chazer from the pub next door. Pub? That must be more Duff. Pay base. The pregnant mother was training her young children to fasten Yom Kippur, which reminds the Gemara discusses when to begin training children to fasten Yom Kippur, and that healthy children are trained a year earlier than sickly children. So the pregnant mother who was training her young children to fasten Yom Kippur was so overcome with a craving from the wafting smell of a chazer from the pub next door that she sucked on a juicy thin reed, which reminds us of the discussion about feeding a pregnant woman with a craving, and that at first we try to relieve her craving by sticking a spindle into the liquid of the prohibited meat and placing it in her mouth to suck, and ultimately, if she can't be relieved by any means, we feed her the very fat of the prohibited food, for there's nothing that stands in the way of saving life other than the three cardinal sins of Avodazor, Ogiliarias, and Shvichuzdami. So the pregnant mother who was training her young children to fasten Yom Kippur was to overcome with a craving from the wafting smell of chazer from the pub next door that she sucked on a juicy thin reed, relieved that she wasn't violating one of the three cardinal sins, which reminds us that Gomorrah proceeds to bring the sources that one must give up his life rather than commit one of the three cardinal sins, and that the halakha that one must give up his life rather than commit murder is based on the svora of my chazit didak For what do you see to assume that your blood is redder than that of the victim? All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Abraham Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.